Welcome to the Book Hub, an online event space hosted by Luther Seminary. All right, our last panelist is Shonda Ja. She is a Disciples of Christ pastor with a master's in public policy, an anti-oppression consultant and founder of the Oakland Peace Center. The Liberating Love Devotional is their fourth book. Shonda, you're up. Thank you so much, Leanne. I really appreciate it. Um, I, there we go. Um, So really quickly, shout out in the chat box, any of my single clergy friends who are out there. uh, And if you're not, and, and if you're like, oh, there were a couple of times over the last 18 months, I wouldn't have minded being single. You can also do a little shout out in the chat box. Um, I was dating someone the first four months of this year, and I wish I had had access to Courtney and Joe's materials because I would have been less of a curmudgeon, and that relationship might have survived beyond those four months. Uh, The person I was dating kept trying to get me to read the book, The Book of Delights by Ross Gay, and I kept being like, this white lady does not understand the world is on fire. She keeps trying to get me to read about delight and I do not have it in me. I'm living in Oakland. I'm living in Oakland as an Asian American. I'm watching how race inequity has flared up on top of the COVID pandemic. I'm watching what the impact of anti-Black policies and anti-immigrant policies and anti-Asian hate are doing to my community. Why does she keep talking about this book of delights? Finally, after being nagged and nagged about it, I looked it up and I was like, oh, this dude's from Youngstown. Black man from Youngstown, Ohio. I grew up as an immigrant in Akron, Ohio. If this guy can find anything to be delighted about, I might want to read this book, right? Because... I didn't, I didn't realize fully how much I needed to hear from people who see oppression daily that joy is a thing. And so I think something that's worth remembering is joy is something we all need so much right now because we are going through a shared trauma. And I don't think, I don't think any of us is unaware of that. And that trauma is doubled and tripled and exponentially impacting uh, communities of color and poor folks in ways that Courtney and Joe have already spoken about. And I suspect no one here is unaware of that either. And in that kind of context, joy ends up being an act of resistance, right? It's actually fuel for the movement. And so I found myself realizing, oh, wait, Despite all of my curmudgeonly attitude, when I launched Liberating Love back in uh, September of 2020, which was a lousy time to bring out a new book, uh, a friend of mine inspired me. She said, you know, I went to a book launch for a devotional uh, years ago, and there were all these stations, and we got to practice things, and it was really amazing. And I was like, oh, wait, we could do that even online, right? And so my book launch back in September was a spiritual spa 
there were four different online stations. Uh, we sat and meditated to a video of jellyfish while listening to Buddhist bells. We did Lectio Divina and heard one of the devotions and connected with joy in a time that was hard to find joy. We did a body scan, which was my mother's favorite part. She said, I fell asleep, but it was a good thing. Can you have that little Asian lady come over to my house and do the body scan with me every night? And I was like, so she's not just a little Asian lady. She's actually one of my employees at the Oakland Peace Center, but I bet she would totally come over to your house and body scan you to sleep every night if you wanted to. Uh, and then the fourth section we drew, we drew online, we drew badly while we uh, reflected on uh, some meditations of hope, right? And there was something about getting to just be taken care of for an hour that I think was a gift to everybody there. And the thing that I didn't make a big deal about at all, but Leanne actually noticed and was like, could you talk about this? Every person who was facilitating one of those workshops or one of those stations was either a woman or a non-binary person of color. And that wasn't by accident, because by the fall of 2020, I found myself thinking, I'm grateful to my spiritual community for recognizing the horrors that people of color are going through. And we're not just our suffering. And I thought it would actually be a gift to the group to show the wisdom, the gifts, the healing power of women and non-binary people of color. Uh, because one of my mentors, um, Latanya Bynum, who's the regional minister in Northern California, Nevada, she said she grew up hearing a sermon all the time as, as a child going to a black church in South Central Los Angeles. And the sermon she heard over and over was, hallelujah anyway. And there's something that I actually think is a gift of communities of color to everybody which is never erasing the suffering, never pretending the suffering's not there, but being able to engage in an ancient biblical practice of hallelujah anyway. And I think all of us can use that wisdom. And I think that it actually equips us to do that deep work of joy. Because uh, Courtney and Joe aren't just inviting us into, uh, aren't just in, inviting us into play. They're inviting us into play and joy as a deep practice that grounds us to make us capable of resilience, of, uh, of power to affect change, right? And that's something that shows up in the Bible over and over again. If y'all will indulge me, uh, I want to share a link to that drawing tool I was telling you about a second ago. I'm going to put it up here on the screen, and I'm going to show you how it works, right? You can draw with that little, you know, line thing, and you can choose your color, and you can 
make horrible designs that are really badly done. If you click over here, you can draw a little bit thicker and you can choose your color palette. So I'm doing a little bit of blue. My favorite feature is this one that they call sketchy. Um, and I'm gonna choose it in some purples. And what I love about it is when you cross over, it's like using an Etch-a-Sketch. I could Etch-a-Sketch for hours. So what I wanna invite you to do is to go ahead and go over to Clakey and do a little bit of drawing while I read you. I was gonna cue up some really sweet music, but uh, what I'm gonna do instead is read you one of the devotions from Liberating Love. Draw badly, Etch-a-Sketch your hearts out. And I'm gonna read you a devotion from February 6th. The devotional has a little scripture and then a love note from God. Well, from me pretending I'm God, but you all are clergy, you can handle uh, a little bit of heresy. So from Philemon, because every devotional should have a little more Philemon in it. Chapter one, verses three through five. Grace to you and peace from God and the Lord Jesus Christ. When I remember you in my prayers, I always thank my God because I hear of your love for all the saints and your faith toward Lord Jesus. And the devotion is this. What a community can be built when you hold each other in love. I dream of a day when your whole community lifts you up as a saint and you hardly have enough hours in the day to celebrate all the saints who are blessing your life. Now, you know that even my saints aren't perfect, not one, but they strive hard to care for the world as a way of honoring me. I dream for you a full immersion into the community of saints, to be surrounded by that kind of love and commitment to me, to each other, and to the world that needs it so much. Today, I invite you to offer up prayers of thanks for any saints in your life, and maybe let them know of your gratitude to them. You need solid support to live into your own sainthood. Amen. And I wish we were on a regular Zoom so you all could share with me your beautiful, amazing tributes to the Book of Philemon in visual form. But since we don't have time for that, um, email them to me directly. And now we're all sad that we were not at your book launch. So thank you. Thank you for that. You should mention the book launch is something you can recreate as a worship service. Go wild with it. Just do a whole day of self-care for the community. Or, you know, like a group of volunteers or, you know, people that have given their time and their energy to your community. Absolutely. Wonderful. Um, so we have a few minutes here before I start promoing our next book hub event. So I would like to ask questions of the panelists. If you have a question you would like them to be asked, please drop it in the chat. 
but instead of sitting here silently, I will start by asking one. For any of you three who would like to respond, what is something you heard from one of the other panelists today that you would like to amplify and repeat to make sure that everyone else heard it? What fell on your ears and fed you today? I have been talking with folks at our church about art and what makes deep, thoughtful art. And Joe, your quote that I wrote down at two different places on my notepad over here, because I liked it so much. If art proposes to have all the answers, it's not art, but propaganda. That's what I've been trying to figure out how to say. So thank you, um, right? Art asks questions. Art leads us to ask questions. It changed, you know, it's like scripture. There should be layers, otherwise it's propaganda. So thank you. It's just really profoundly, succinctly put. You should be a poet. It, I don't know if you've thought about that, but you might have a future there. I'll consider it, I'll consider it, yeah. I, I can use that as, as my segue. I mean, there's so much, Leanne, you put us like, I don't know how I can succinctly like just capture one thing from all the wisdom that's been shared from, from both Shania and, and Courtney, seriously. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think like, so in particular, I mean, I, I appreciate uh, Shania naming that, you know, this is a shared trauma experience, right? But, but how do we still find that resilience and that perseverance, right? And giving that moment to reflect on that. And, and I think, Courtney, like it was really permission giving to say, like when it comes to finding joy and, and, and space for play, it's not that we have to, but it's an invitation, it's permission. Like having that freedom to choose, I think is really empowering and really, really liberating to hear and to be reminded of that. So yeah, thank you. Thank you both, seriously, sincerely. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I was so grateful both for, uh, for Courtney talking about Sometimes the play means accepting the fact that you're going to lose and making that part of the fun. I am a big fan of that as someone who gets very anxious about com competition. I don't really want to be the winner. I also don't want to be the loser. Uh, and I love the fact that you're like, just embrace being the loser and you'll have more fun. That was actually super helpful. And Joe, I'm just so profoundly moved by, uh, by so much of what you had to say. And there was a line in there about is everything canceled except for uh, except for the rent and the bills. My loans and my rent. Yeah, my loans, my loans and rent. Yes. Yeah, and I was like, that is a real thing. And gosh darn, it's important to laugh about it when it's also a real thing. So I loved that you were engaging it as a very serious thing and also playfully. And I think that's a real testimony to what we can be doing to deal with the real stuff. Oh, thank you all. We have a question in the chat uh, from one of our participants asking, what do you do with anxiety? I mean, sometimes we think anxiety cancels out joy. Um, I, if I found if you any, ignore it, it goes yep. away. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I, I was thinking about the, the line from, from Shonda's devotional of you need support to lean into your own sainthood. And I think support is such a key thing when you're dealing with anxiety is not to try harder to fix it on your own. Um, and I love the way you, you put that Shonda, but the support of therapy, the support of spiritual direction, the support of friends who will play with you. Um, or maybe those wonderful friends who will draw you into play, even when you're not feeling it, but you're like, okay. And then 10 minutes in, you're like, ah, this was great. Like I needed it. Thank you. Um, so to not shy away from, especially as folks in ministry who 
people tend to look at us as the ones who have it all together. Um, and we don't. Um, to lean into any support structure that's available to you. And if you don't know what those are, to ask some questions within your denomination, um, because many denominations have wonderful, wonderful support systems and to not shy away from making the time and taking the time um, and making it a priority for your self-care because that's how you launch into the community care. It starts here. And I think connected to that community care, I've been really struck by so many of my friends who are managing anxiety and how much work goes into it. And I find myself longing for a community that honors that work. What if we actually were building out a community where people taking care of their anxiety were something we honored and celebrated rather than it's your own darn job to take care of that so you don't inconvenience us, but rather to say, what a great community that creates space for people to be dealing with that. I would love to see that pivot. Um, that's dreaming a little bit big, but um, I really think it's an important shift for us to make because it creates more space for joy. Yeah, I want to live in that world that you're describing right now. That's the type of world that I long to live in and to help create. So, hey, let's make it happen. Let's do it. Let's build that culture, build that community. Like one of my learnings has been is, it's like to listen to my emotions and listen to my anxiety or whatever I'm feeling. Cause I don't know how many of you might be into the Enneagram, but I'm an Enneagram seven. So I love the joy. Like I lean into that, but I, it's not always easy for me to sit with the, the heavy emotions, the uncomfortable emotions. But I, what I've learned is to greet everything that I'm experiencing, every emotion as a friend and as a, as a mentor, as a teacher, and to say, Hey, what are you here to tell me? What are you, what are you drawing my attention to? And then a lot of times, some things that I'm holding, I realize I either don't necessarily need to hold it or I don't need to hold it alone. And I think that's the importance of having community and saying, hey, like I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling anxious because I'm trying to hold all these things, but I don't need to hold it alone. The reason why I'm feeling anxious and overwhelmed is because I'm trying to do it alone. Like I'm, I'm looking at it individually and being isolated, but I need that community. And I want to live in that world that you, you talk about where we can make space for that right and it's 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 safe or at least safe enough as i like to say because not every space is safe not going to be safe enough we can practice courage and vulnerability and really share what we're what we're experiencing together so yeah all right well um you know what we're super close to time for a promo here but we have a couple questions in the chat just about loneliness and being far from our people or being single and feeling like, um, how, how do we get to joy when we are just isolated? So if one or two of you wanted to respond to that. Oh, you're making time for us to, that's great. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a thing, right, that I don't know if we're talking about. I think the impact of going back to shelter in place has been particularly hard for me because I'm like, I was getting very little touch to begin with. And I think a lot of us, part of the wrestling some of us have had about whether to open our churches is so many of the seniors in our congregations, the only time they get a hug is on Sunday morning. Um, and so I think there's something about, you know, Joe talked so much about like the embodied aspects of this that I think is so important. Um, and I don't know that there's a good answer um, other than I've started being a little more vulnerable and honest. Um, you know, we, we all know that we need to watch how to navigate boundaries well when we do that. But um, just to let people know 
this is a hard time. And I found people have reached out to me and said, oh, I thought it was just me. Um, and in that process, we've been able to have a connection. Uh, it's a digital connection, but a connection nonetheless. And I think some of it has, has involved risk and vulnerability uh, as a way of figuring out new ways to show up for each other.